is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group, episode number 14. Yes, Mike Bradley's with me. I'm Mark Potter, and we have another great show. Uh, you missed it. I, I did. I did. Beyond my control. I really wanted to be there, but you know what can you do? Yeah, so uh, I had the opportunity to sit down with Scott Abraham at the Iron Rooster in uh, downtown Annapolis at the City Dock. Yeah, very and, nice. Uh, we had some breakfast and uh, a great conversation. Good. And uh, Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it since yeah. I wasn't a part of it, so I'll be listening when this drops. For those that don't know Scott Abraham, he was with WBOC-TV uh, 16 here on the shore. And, you know, and we'll get into it with him as to what he did. Uh, but now he's working with uh, WJLA 7 out of Washington, D.C. He's the sports director there and doing an amazing job. So uh, sit tight and buckle up and enjoy the ride for that one because uh, it's going to be a good one for sure. Uh, it'll be much better than the Iowa-Maryland game from last <laughs> Friday night. Oh, man. If I had known that, I would have done the game of the week between yeah. Wahai and Kent Island. <laughs> uh, that was that was tough, Mark. I mean, do you want me to go into it now or do you want me to wait till later? Are you just teasing that? No, I mean, just let's go ahead and get that one out of the way because we won't have a lot of time today to talk about a bunch That's of college true. and NFL. But That's I mean, true. You know, I, I just it was it was a big build up for Maryland. This this is your chance, national TV. And then they laid an egg. Well, two things that stick out first, and I'm maybe guilty of this. I maybe didn't give enough credit to Iowa, even though they came in ranked fifth in the country. Um, taking a look at you know the, a game where they struggled against Colorado State, there were a couple of games where they didn't run the football very well. Um, they got six interceptions the first two games, and give them credit for some of it. But then you have to say, well, that's maybe some poor play on the other team's behalf, and and so on and so forth. So I may not have given them enough credit. Clearly, though, when you turn the ball over that many times, I mean that's a killer. And look, when you lose your best receiver to a gruesome injury, he lays the ball down because he's hurt. Now, he's laying the ball down not because he's fumbling it, but because he's hurt and he's done. He's trying to protect himself. It's technically a fumble. I get it. But you're giving them the ball at the 10-yard line. So the defense was put in some tough spots there. But clearly, Tua, as the game went on, and he's guilty of this, trying to force the ball, made some bad decisions, and it just snowballed at that point. Um, the front seven that I thought had done a real good job in stopping the run to start the year and you knew I was good uh, offensive lines usually good but this was an inexperienced line they could not stop the run mark and uh, it just again things snowballed from there and it was a big disappointment no question and you would have at least liked to, them to have been competitive and they at their best they, they could have been uh, you know in this game at least to give themselves a chance but now they've got Ohio State lurking and they're gonna have to bounce back it's gonna be tough and, and I'm looking for a team though uh, to show me care and to show um, them to bounce back and play a tough game. Now, I know they're not going to beat Ohio State. It's going to take a miracle. But with that said, I expect them to play better. And then they've got games down the line that are games they should be in. Now, whether they win or not would be a different story. But I said this before. I was conservative, was I not, at the beginning of the season. I said, I see this being maybe a 5-7 and team. But they should be in just about every game is what I said. And realized last year, they played five games. These young players should have seven more games under their belt. They do not. So just keep that in mind. But no no doubt, Mark, uh, they laid an egg. It was a tough loss. And um, 
You know, it's tough to get fans out to games like that. And so now you're going to have to build their faith and confidence again. No doubt about it. Uh, Alabama and Georgia stood up to the test. Cincinnati uh, took care of Notre Dame. Penn State uh, is uh, so basically you have your uh, the top four that I saw was Alabama, Georgia, yep. Iowa and Penn State. Right. And yeah, I would imagine Cincinnati's got to be in there. Yeah, Cincinnati's five. For yeah, the, that the biggest win time. in their pro I think biggest win in their program history. Certainly biggest win on the road against Notre Dame and yeah, that was Luke Fickle at the end thanking Brian Kelly. Hey, kudos to him. They've had some good coaches by the way there. Yeah. Mark D'Antonio coached at Cincinnati. Yeah. Brian Kelly was at Cincinnati. Luke Fickle's done a nice job. I know I'm missing a coach in there somewhere who also was a pretty good coach so they've had some good ones over the years and for the first time and i don't know how long clemson not in the top 20 yeah since 2014 yeah so yep. it's been a long time so uh yeah, yeah college football is still alive and well it's and completely topsy-turvy oregon loses to stanford yeah uh now i thought there were some bogus calls in that one one that went against oregon at critical time uh that that i wasn't uh, a fan of but the fact that stanford was around in that game why you know it was a road game for oregon but that shouldn't have been the case and, and I'll say this, anybody that's counting out Ohio State because of their defensive woes, um, I, I caution you because that team can put up points, and they did against Rutgers, as you saw. Uh, I know my Michigan Wolverines as well. They're off to a 5-0 and start. Still have to show me a lot, though, uh, to me, and I, they're still not on the level with Ohio State. I don't care what the record is. Uh, but, hey, it's a huge, this was a huge, win, or excuse me, a huge season for Harbaugh coming in, and so far after going, what, 2-4 and four last year, 2-5, and five, uh, so far has really uh, turned the turned the ship around. And, and a big weekend coming up for Notre Dame. They're going into Lane Stadium at Virginia Tech yeah. for for a night game. Yeah, so. and, and and they are going to have to bounce back from from a tough loss. They hadn't lost at home since 2017. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. And now they'll be on the road. Yeah. We'll see how that all plays out. But uh, this is Time Out with Shore Sports. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, and uh, uh, we're looking forward to. Uh, uh, Really bringing you an exciting program today. The opportunity to sit down with Scott Abraham. In fact, we'll talk to him next, coming up right here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hey, everyone. Chris Marks over at Preston Ford. I just wanted to take a second to tell you about our instant cash offer event where you can sell your car on your terms. You will receive an offer in minutes. There's no purchase necessary, and we will make it easy and give you top dollar for your vehicle. The easiest way to do it, again, is to call me on my cell phone at 410-206-7404, or you can text me, or you can go on PrestonMotor.com, and we can handle everything right online. Well, let's go ahead and bring in our guest, Scott Abraham, who uh, was actually with us uh, here on the shore on WBOC Channel 16, and he he got his big break, I guess, uh, now in in D.C. at WJLA Channel 7, a station I grew up with. Uh, uh, I was more of a George Michaels fan from Channel 4, but uh, one, thanks for meeting us today to do this, and two, how long has it been that you've been in D.C. now? Uh, it's going on uh, six, seven years. I mean, I, I came over here in January 2016, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, grinding away. Obviously, the shore and Delmarva always have a special place in my heart. We go there 
multiple times during the year, especially during the summer. I go to Ocean City quite a bit. Uh, I always keep tabs on what's going on over there. So uh, good to see you as always. And, of course, your wife was there this past weekend for, yes, for yes. a little girl's yeah. weekend. Yeah, so. they, they had some fun. Yeah. For, for those that don't know, he's married to Lacey Griffith, who is uh, – the traffic, kind of a do everything person at utility uh, player. Yeah, utility Swiss player Army knife on WBAL yeah. and uh, Channel Eleven out of Baltimore. That's got to be a unique situation for you guys. She's mornings, your night. You have your daughter Journey in the process, and that's got to be a unique shuffle for you guys. Yeah, it's uh, we're ships passing the night literally because um, you know I usually work three to midnight. Uh, Lacey works. 2 a.m. till usually 11 a.m. So it's uh, not we have sometimes we have lunches together, but uh, most of the time it's just weekends together. So yeah, we're I take care of Journey in the morning. She gets her at night. So we make it work and and try to uh, you know raise our daughter the right way and still work and be professional and put some food on the table. And at the same time, when you're both not working, you really take advantage of that. Oh yeah, I mean we I mean we we do a lot of family time and excursions and adventures and um you know just showing her you know you know state fairs or county fairs and, and going to various uh fun events we took her to her first uh, uh wrestling event uh, wwe uh, nice. came, came to dc a few weeks ago and she's already hooked and she's gotten to know all the wrestlers so let's she requested her birthday cake uh coming up in a couple of weeks to be a wrestling theme so uh <laughs> it's been fun to expose her to, to different things journey's getting herself some culture <laughs> she is she is <laughs> i love it yes so uh, we are here today we're at iron uh, the iron rooster in downtown annapolis we want to thank them for accommodating us to uh, be able to do this today with scott and uh I wanted to get with you. It was really Mike Bradley's idea who he couldn't be here with us, but it was really his idea. You know, we really need to talk to Scott because we talk all the time about trying to make high school sports here on the shore a go-to event, make Friday Night Lights a go-to event. I mean, Overtime Live, we're in our 13th year, and, you know, we like to feel like we play a part in that. But when you were at WBOC, Channel 16, it was you that we credit the success in, in getting students out to football games and being excited and, and student sections and things like that. And you know, was that where did you get that idea from? Because you started highlighting that. Yeah, I, I mean, I just thought <clears throat> it's such a community event and, um, you know, Delmarva – didn't have professional teams. You know, you have uh, Division three colleges and the Monster Mile and minor league baseball, but there's no, like, big team. And, and, and there's such a hominess to Delmarva and community-oriented. You know, I think of, you know, the small towns and the Friday night lights of, you know, uh, Centerville and Queen Anne's or you go to Delmar across the border. I mean, that's true. You know, that's the fabric of the community. And I just felt like, you know, to, to gain – you know, viewers and, and also get attention on our brand. Um, just you, you got to make it a community thing. And I just try to immerse myself in, in, in the various high schools and, and, and be present and show my face and, and be active on social media talking about high school sports, not just football, uh, but, 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 all, but all the different sports. So, you know, it was, it was, I laid a foundation kind of early on and it, and it kind of built into like an avalanche of, you know, we were your home for kind of high school coverage and uh, a lot of great memories, a lot of great moments. And, uh, you know, I, I, I felt like I, I left um, 
the brand and, and WBOC Sports in a good place when when I left, and uh, I'm proud of that. And I, you know, I couldn't do it alone. You know, I had a lot of great help and support over there, and uh, it was a great. You know, what was there? I was there from uh, 20, 2008 till 2015, so it was a good seven-year run. Uh, I loved it. It was one of the time of my life. Hey, I'll never forget. I mean, the, the student body sections at, at at the football games, mm -hmm. you know, and getting them all riled up and the getting incorporating bands into it and things like that. And then basketball season comes around and, and you're highlighting those students and, and, and schools took pride in that, you know, and, and getting more people, uh, you know, together. I mean, the crazies and, and just the names that you would come up with. It just, it really highlighted the atmosphere and I'm not going to lie, Scott. I mean, we need you back on the shore <laughs> after COVID and yeah. taking away, especially with basketball season coming up. We need somebody with your energy to bring that back, to get these students re-energized. Well, it's, um, you know, I think Zach's doing a great job at WBOC. He's brought some energy. I think Trayvon's doing an excellent job uh, at Channel 47. I'm, I'm proud of them both. And, and obviously, um, you know, it, it's great. It's such a great Delmarva is just so special to me and so, such a special area with a lot of great coaches, a lot of great student athletes, and uh, you can you can build it up. You, they, they care about their local sports there. They care about their high schools. There's a lot of pride. There's a lot of, um, you know, community involved in hominess. But, but again, I think COVID uh, just kind of changed the way we do things and how we look at things, and I think there's a little hesitation out there in terms of kind of going back all in to – uh, being close quarters again and, and going back to kind of normal way of life and it'll get there and and um, you know uh, again it's such a just a, a genuine uh, the the love Delmarva showed me and kind of the love I will always show them um, you know it, it's very special and you know I always tell everybody you know I, I would I, I would I would you know if the time's ever right, I would go back there in a second um, it's I, I think so highly of of Delmarva and um, but obviously, you want to climb the ladder, me personally, of, of career and, 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 and trying to cover, you know, like the World Series and the Stanley Cups and big football games, which I have in these past five, six years at WJLA has been, um, you know, another hallmark of my career of just expanding my horizons. And uh, yes, we still do high school here. But again, I, you know, I get, you know, I wouldn't necessarily cover the Stanley Cups in, in, uh, the World Series over on Delmarva, where I can hear. Talk with Scott Abraham with us, and uh, this next segment is brought to you by our friends at uh, An Optical Galleria, eisenart.net. Check them out online. They've got a brand-new sunglass line out. It's called Hook Optics. They are absolutely amazing. I wear mine every single day. If you like that C brand or the O brand, you know what? Try these out. They're not nearly as expensive. They're made by the same manufacturers that make the C brand. But the nice thing is, is they make them to the specifications laid out by the folks at an optical gallery. Check them out online, hookoptics.com. You can also stop by and try on a pair in the Teal Marsh Plaza in West Ocean City, downtown Centerville at uh, uh, the uh, an optical gallery there on Westwater Street or downtown Easton on Harrison Street across from the Tidewater Inn. So again, an optical gallery and eisenart.net, their sunglass line. Check them out directly at hookoptics.com. 
We're with Scott Abraham. Now, you were just talking about the opportunity to cover. We'll get back to the high school part in, in a little bit, but your opportunity to cover the the Nationals, the the, the Washington football team, the, the Capitals, the Wizards. You've covered them all, including the Stanley Cup, including the World Series. That had to be pretty cool. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, the highlight of my career, uh, I think um, – you know, I don't like to compare the two, the Nationals World Series and the Caps Stanley Cup, but um, I will never forget that parade when the Capitals won the Cup and, and just to see the sea of red and, and almost a relief of, of the city because it was so long yeah. for them to win a world championship. You had to go back to the Redskins in the early 90s. That was the last championship until the Caps finally did it in 2018. And then you had a really good run because you had the Caps winning. Then you had the Washington Mystics, the women's basketball yes. team, Elena Deladon, Um leading the Mystics to the title in 2019. And then just a month after that, uh, the, the magical run by the Nats winning the World Series. So uh, I've been very fortunate. And I also had a chance to cover Virginia. Virginia winning the basketball Final mm -hmm. Four a couple of years ago. I was with them every step of the way in, in their run, uh, ending in Minneapolis with a couple of great games. So I've been very fortunate to cover some major events in amazingly every major event that I covered, the team that I was covering ended up winning the whole whole darn thing, So, which is pretty spectacular. Now, uh, the only thing left on my bucket list is probably a Super Bowl and an Olympics. Yeah, well, let's hope that uh, the Redskins, they'll always be the Redskins to me, yeah. but let's hope they can deliver that uh, Super Bowl. But uh, the way the defense has been playing, I'm, I'm starting to question <laughs> it. But, but uh, we are talking with Scott Abraham. He's with WJLA Sports Channel 7 out of D.C. now, and uh, he's uh, been kind enough to meet us here today at the Iron Rooster in downtown Annapolis at the uh, city dock where uh, they're doing a lot of construction over there. But, you know, the opportunity to do those things, but you're still a dad, you're still a husband. How hard is it to maneuver all of those assignments? Yeah, it's, it's a balancing act. And unfortunately, uh, well, fortunately, I, I have a very uh, understanding wife and family yeah. who, who gets it <laughs> because she's also in the business and, um, uh, I probably spend a little too much time on, on these things, the right. cell phones. Uh, Which you've got two of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, it's a whole new world over here because you, you have to be constantly kind of plugged in and, and, and not miss things because sports news is always, is always breaking, especially covering all the major professional teams and the Division One teams. Uh, so it is a balancing act. And um, I know it's probably going to get harder when Journey gets older because she'll be more involved in whatever recitals or, or sports. Um, so I'm already thinking about that, like down the road, like I'm working three to midnight. How's that going to mix? So, yeah, it's on my mind, and uh, it's something, you know, I'll have to figure out. But uh, we're making it work so far. Uh, I tell you, it's not easy. It's, right. it's definitely not easy. But, um, you know, we're doing the best we can. And, and you're still living the dream. I mean, this has been a lifelong dream of yours. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's from, from, a, from uh, a young boy collecting um, baseball cards with my father and reading the newspaper this is all I ever wanted to do. I wanted to be one of those guys on ESPN talking about sports and um, literally living my dream. And not too many people can say um, they're living a childhood dream. Talking with Scott Abraham from WJLA TV 7. It's so weird to be able to say that. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things you were just talking about the living the dream and going back to the beginning. What made you want to do this for a living? 
I just always enjoyed reading the newspaper and, and the baseball cards and looking at the stats and watching ESPN Sports Center before school. And I was just always a sports fanatic, loved sports, and what better way to kind of keep sports in your life and get paid for at the same time. I thought that was just that was the dream, man. And um, a very supportive father and, and my parents, and they sacrificed a lot for me to kind of put me on the right path. And, uh, you know, I did internships and did shadowing opportunities in high school and I went on to Syracuse and, uh, you know, tuition's not cheap there. And, um, you know, they, they put me on the right path and, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of made the most of my opportunities and got my foot in the door and Lincoln, Nebraska was my first job and then came over to Salisbury, fell in love, did a great job working there and then came over here to DC. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a process. It's been fun. Uh, I, I go back to what I said. It's not easy. It's a lot of hard work, a lot of sweat, a lot of tears. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. What is the most challenging part of your job? Um, being on every second of the day. Like, I feel like sometimes I never have any time to myself. Um, you know, burying myself on the phone or writing an email here or calling a coach or calling a media relations person here. Um, always go, 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 constant. Um, it comes with the territory and, you know, a lot of people have this misconception that I just go up on, you know, the set and talk and, and read off the teleprompter, but there's so much that goes on behind the scenes, you know, prep work and booking interviews and trying to get exclusives and beating other, it's, 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 there's, there's competition involved, you know, right. um, over in Delmarva. Yeah, there's, there's competition and uh, to, to some extent, but over here it's, it's a whole nother world because there's just. So many different television stations, so many different sports personalities, and radio, and and, and print, Washington Post, and uh, it's it's a lot, and it's very competitive. Very, you have to be on all the time. And basically, your pay is based on yeah. being the number one. I mean, and it's I don't know what you know what your pay is like, and, mm -hmm. and being the rankings and all that. But I would, if you're not at the top of your game, then they're going to look to replace you. Correct. Then there's. 100, 200 people out the door wanting my job, probably more. Um, and uh, it's it's stressful. You know, I feel like, you know, my, my wife always tells me I, I'm more like uppity. I have more anxiety over here than I did on the shore. It's 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 a totally different right. um, way of thinking and the way of operating. Uh, I think I'm more stressed over here. Um, it's again, it just comes with the territory and, and the pressure of the jobs where over in Delmarva and, and Salisbury, um, you know, again, you have your own little bubble and it's almost the hominess and the community oriented. It's more high school based. Um, so it's, it's more, you know, you don't necessarily deal with the pro teams and have to be on breaking news or breaking sports stories or, or getting certain interviews. Um, so it's, it's, it's a different way of, of operating and growing. Well, why that is the toughest part of your job. What's the most rewarding? Uh, definitely, you know, whether it's, you know, breaking a story or, or getting a big interview, beating somebody to the punch, um, you know, getting that competition aspect. And, and obviously the fun part is covering these major events and interviewing these amazing athletes, you know, the, the Alex Ovechkins, the Tiger Woods, uh, the Bryce Harpers, um, you, you name them. Uh, I've, I've talked to the Katie Ledeckis. Uh, getting to know them personally, getting to know their families. Um, it's It's been very rewarding to to kind of being able to immerse yourself in this high-profile world of sports and Division One ath athletics and getting to cover these major special events and, and seeing history 
and being part of history of a city winning championships and celebrating their sports heroes and being on the double-decker buses as you go down Constitution Avenue with the players. It's just all stuff you dream about as a kid, and I'm living it here in D.C. For somebody, uh, maybe a kid's listening, a youngster, maybe a high school student, any words of advice for for them that that want to maybe get into – broadcasting everybody you were one of one of us and you we always dreamed of being you know a sportscaster or on the radio or on television i've got a face for radio so i'll never be on tv but at the same time there's people out there that want that that are dreaming that Mm -hmm. what are some words of advice that you would have for them yeah just be aggressive it's not going to come to you it's not going to be Handed to you on a silver platter. You have to put in the work. You have to be aggressive in terms of making connections. A lot of it, unfortunately, is who you know in this business uh, to point you in the right direction, or it's one big spider web. So you get a connection here. Maybe they know somebody there. Maybe they know this one. Everybody's kind of all interconnected. And uh, as I just tell anybody, you know, if you want something, you got to go after it. You can't just sit back and, and, and rest on your laurels. You have to send those emails. You have to make those phone calls and you have to be you know you just have to be firm and aggressive you can't you can't just think it's going to come to you um and I was very fortunate that I was in a position to be successful cuz my family uh put me there and again I reached out and got those internships and those shadow opportunities and built up a, a resume and a resume reel and went to a good school and learned kind of my craft and my trade and was able to get to Nebraska um, and, and start my career. So it's not going to come overnight. There's going to be a lot of highs and lows and kind of questioning why am I doing this. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to be told no more than you're going to be told yes. But it's all about the kind of the stick to and being willing to um, – kind of do anything and kind of take crap um, whether it's you know an internship or going to a high school game or a high school field hockey game and, and just kind of get started there of uh, writing a story or uh, you know doing some kind of video piece you got to start somewhere this portion of the time out with shore sports podcast is brought to you by Perrette and Moy therapy associates located at 460 main street in stevensville let rick Perrette and the staff get you back to feeling new again accepting most insurance policies Step away from the pain by calling Perret Moy Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982. Talking with Scott Abraham at the Iron Rooster in downtown Annapolis at the city dock, and he's been kind enough to spend some time with us this morning. I want to talk about high school football in the D.C. area. Now, as somebody that grew up, I grew up in Falls Church, Virginia. Where'd you go to high school? At Falls Church High School. No kidding. So graduated years right. ago. The, the Jaguars. Yes. And, you know, our big rivalry was with Stewart. And, They're uh, called Justice now. Yes, yes. So the, all these names have changed because, you A know. A lot of names. Uh, of the PC movement. Yes. But anyway, we won't talk about that today. <laughs> but, you know, I don't pick up Channel 7 on in the Eastern yeah. Shore. I wish I could. Mm-hmm. So I live through going online and watching your your sportscasts. And as somebody that grew up there, high school football was never the thing. But you have taken and somehow made it work in the D.C. market 
you have taken what you did here yep. on the Eastern Shore and you recreated that yep. over in D.C. How? I mean, you're talking about the sports departments are trimmed in D.C. Yeah, they, they took more and more time away from sports. And like you come raging. I'm very grateful and lucky to have management at my station um, at Channel 7 that is supportive of high school sports and high school football because they get it. They understand that it's about community. You get those mom and dads. You get those grandparents involved. They're going to tune in. They're going to go on the website. They're going to go on your social media platforms and consume that information, consume that video. So they get it. Some folks, some upper management at other stations and big markets, they don't get that. They don't think it's worthy. They don't think uh, it'll move the needle. Maybe it doesn't move the needle, but they understand there's so much doom and gloom out there, Mark, and there's so much negative news and, and stories that you cover on a daily basis on the broadcast. This is this is majority of the time good news. This is yeah. highlighting positive student-athletes and, and coaches in the communities and the schools, the bands, the cheerleaders. It's all good news, and, that's, and, and they get that. So they've been fully on board, and basically I've just – replicated and, and kind of I had I know I knew I had the blueprint I had the tools I knew it would be successful I knew how to utilize social media to get him razzed up and and, j and jived up about the big game or the Friday night game and um, yeah I, I actually have more resources here uh, in terms of how many games we can cover uh, how many people I have at my disposal to go get games uh, I do miss the helicopter. I'll tell you that. that I, I was going <laughs> to say, did did you get a helicopter? I did not. We have not used. Uh, we we did we did uh, some drone shots, um, you know, with our drone, uh, but not like they were just beauty shots. But the uh, the helicopter was an amazing tool and resource to use at WBOC. Always a fun perspective, uh, and I know the kids over over in Delmarva really enjoyed when the helicopter went up. But yeah, we usually get I'd say eighteen to twenty games um, on Friday night. And we have our own little uh, high school show, kind of similar to the final score, what I created at WBOC. It's right. called uh, Seven News on Your Sideline. And um, we usually take it from 11.15 to 11.30 on Friday nights. And uh, just kind of the same highlight show. And The fact that they're giving you 15 minutes. I mean, mm -hmm. you got 30 minutes on the shore. Uh, no, I had, I had, I had uh, no, it was the same, same format. Was it? I 15 had 15. Yeah. Okay. Well, it seemed, yep. it seemed longer. So yeah, no. Because yeah. you pack so much into mm -hmm. it. But, I mean, you're talking 18 to 20 games yeah. of video footage is amazing. Again, so it's a totally, like in BOC, I did a lot of the heavy lifting. Like, right. I did a lot of the editing, crunching. I actually went longer on the highlights at BOC because I didn't have as many games. So I had to fill the time. So... If I covered a Y-High Parkside game, generally that was probably about a minute length in highlights. Over here, we don't go more than 25 seconds on a game. Right. So it's basically two plays, Mark, yeah. uh, to the two best plays from the game because you have to, you have to ram, ram all these games in. And remember, we're covering basically three states, you know, right. Maryland, Virginia, and D.C., not to mention all the private schools. So, right. you, of course, you have the WCAC, the DeMathas, the St. John's, the Gonzaga's, monster powerhouse programs. And then you have all the public schools in, you know, Montgomery County, Maryland, Prince George's County, Maryland. Then in Virginia, you have Fairfax County and Loudoun County. Uh, it's a lot. I, I do my schedules on the weekend. I mean, I, I have to literally pick – I'd say generally there's – on the schedule, there's usually about 75 games every Friday night in our region. I have to figure out our – kind of our plan of attack of, 
I have a pod system where I place my guys, you know, if there's two or three games close together, Mark, you're going to go shoot these two or three games in Montgomery County, Maryland. Okay, Olivia, you're going to go to Loudoun County and shoot these two games. I have a little pod system, and it's, it's kind of like one big puzzle. I call it, I told my news director the other day, it's almost like my form of sick therapy. Like, it, it kind of unwinds me, and I actually enjoy that process of, of creating something and creating a plan and then obviously delivering it on a Friday night. So when you were here on the shore, Mm -hmm. people loved when they saw Scott Abraham show up in his bright pants or or shorts. The pastels, get it right. The pastels, you know, you had had those. Uh, Do you get the same thing uh, over there? It's like, hey, Scott Abraham's here. That's the big difference. Um, That is the big difference um, in what I really appreciate and why Delmarver is so special and will always be special to me. the hominess, the community element, a lot of people watch local news on the shore, whether it's Channel 47 or WBOC. They love their local news. They love sitting at at the dinner table or in their bed laying at night. They watch the local news. Here in D.C., it's it's there's a lot of tourists there's I wouldn't say tourists there's a lot of people that have come to DC and made a home and, and living here and working here but they're not from DC so they don't yeah. exactly they don't have that connection to the issues of uh, what's going on uh, on the news level and obviously the local sports scene so I do get recognized I do you know they do Channel Seven Scott Scott Abraham it's not at the same level as Delmarva not even close and um, uh, it's not. DC's fault. It's not I station's fault. It's just a different way of how they're viewing information or or they don't really care about local news or local sports because they're transplants. They're not from DC. And, and I will say this, the business, my business is changing. It's 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 not what it was, you know, ten years ago over right. in BOC. Everything's on the phone. Everything right. people are cutting cable. Keep people aren't even they're they're all about streaming. It's you know the Netflix. It's how and they're viewing it's, things. It's totally changing. So we have to kind of uh, evolve over time and and kind of reinvent ourselves of of getting more stuff on social media, getting more stuff on the website because people are consuming that first and not necessarily, you know, waiting till eleven fifteen at night to to watch the highlights. It's totally different than it was ten years ago. I'd have to think they're noticing Olivia Garvey though. Uh, Olivia is great. She's <laughs> she's been a tremendous asset to um, our station. She works hard, um, and she's she's you know she's got a lot of baseball heritage. A in lot the a name. lot of baseball heritage uh, for our listeners. Uh, her father, Steve Garvey, mm-hmm. uh, the great LA Dodger, um, and uh, baseball. I call her baseball royalty in a sense. But she uh, so down to earth, and she you know she it could very be it could be very easy for her to say I'm a Garvey. I'm 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 the daughter of Steve Garvey. She's not like that at all. She right. she she. She wants to make her own path, her own identity, um, and, and she's just a – I call her, you know, my teammate. We have a great working relationship uh, on the desk, away from the desk, and uh, she reminds me a lot of um, the relationship I had with Chanel Douglas. I don't know if yes. you remember Chanel yes. um, when she was a WBOC. I almost look – you know, I looked at Chanel as almost like a sister and the same thing with Livy, um, almost like a sister, and, um, you, know, I, I, you know, I groom her and, and, and try to – spread wisdom in in, in, in in what I've gone through and experiences and she's uh, she's done a great job. She's gonna go far in this business and you know, I tell her all the time I'm not gonna be surprised, you know, two, three, four years down the road she'll be uh, on the national scene someday. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Queenstown Bank, your hometown community bank, serving the midshore for over one hundred twenty years. 
convenient online and in-person banking, plus they have money to lend. Get more info at any Queenstown Bank location or go to queenstownbank.com. So we're talking with Scott Abraham with us, WJLA TV7. You, you were Lincoln, Nebraska. Yep. Delmarva. Yep. D.C. Yep. What's next? Uh, I'm happy as a clam. You know, have, having a family um, is – if I was single, and it would be a different kind of ball game. Um, but I, I have no desire to go to ESPN. I have no desire to go to the national. I think I have one of the best jobs in the country. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the lead sports anchor at a top, you know, seven market in, in the country covering major professional sports and interviewing amazing athletes. I don't know how I can get better or, or go somewhere better. And, uh, you know, you always have to take the family element involved and, I don't think it would be fair to them to kind of get up and move to, to Bristol, Connecticut or, or wherever just to chase money or chase uh, a better opportunity. Uh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I, I have no complaints. Um, you know, there's positives and negatives to, to every job. You know, the saying the grass isn't always greener on the other side. So, um, yeah, I, I think I've made my mark. I've um, – I would say so. I have a. I think I, I have a good reputation. I think I'm respected uh, by a lot of people uh, in the business, outside the business. So I'm I'm good. I, I I could I could be here forever. Talk about respect. Um, I, I think back to the Zoom interviews with Ron Rivera. Yeah, Ron. With with mm-hmm. the with the many questions that you ask, and and he would occasionally pick on you a little bit mm-hmm. about a question. And as a sportscaster, that's got to feel pretty cool. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's a great man, and um, we have a really good relationship. Again, on and, and off, um, you know, personally, you know, I can send him a text and vice versa. And he, he's he's been very fair to me and very good to me, and he's very good with the media. Period. And it's it's so important to develop those uh, relationships and, and have that mutual respect. Um, but you also have a job to do. So you have to ask those tough questions. And, and I, I do ask tough questions. I don't hold back with Ron and I don't hold back with anybody. Um, and, and I think that's important because you can't get caught up with, Oh yeah, you know, he's, he's nice to me or you gotta, you gotta be firm and you gotta be fair. And I think, um, he respects that. And I think other coaches, uh, out of the professional ranks in terms of David Martinez, Peter Laviolette, uh, there's a respect there and I have a job to do and they get that. And again, yeah, it's, I, I, again, I go back to Delmarva. You wouldn't necessarily have those opportunities to build those relationships with a Ron Rivera or Peter Laviolette or Davey Martinez because unfortunately it's a, it's a small market and you don't cover uh, the professional sports teams on a daily basis and here in DC uh, you get to do that but again a lot of pressure a lot of, a lot of stress because you have to get those stories and get those nuggets of information before anybody else so it's uh we're talking with Scott Abraham WJLA TV7 I'm going to go back I'm going to tease you a little bit about you got two cell phones one, I assume, is a personal mm-hmm. cell phone, and the other one is the business cell phone. Correct. So in that cell phone, in the business cell phone, you have phone numbers. Yes. Cell phone numbers of Ron Rivera, yeah. Laviolette, yep. Martinez, Chase Young, so uh, other yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, like, it's interesting because y- you figure out a roundabout way of – getting these athletes or, or getting these coaches. So for example, like 
Um, I covered Chase in high school uh, Mm -hmm. when he was at DeMatha and and kind of followed his career. Uh, I didn't really know him personally, personally, uh, but during the draft process, you know, obviously there was rumors he could go to Washington or or wherever, and I kind of implanted myself with his family, Uh, his mom. His mom's my buddy, uh, Carla. Um, And you you kind of build build that way to get to – um, you know, Chase, and you earn their trust and respect. And, uh, for examples, if they're doing, like, a charity event or some family event, you go up, you go there, and, and you show, and you do a story on it. And that's part of the way of kind of building that trust and, and building um, the faith in the family that you'll, you know, you, you'll be fair, and in and, 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 and turn they'll give you access or info and, and information. So, uh, yeah, I have, I have a good little Rolodex going, and, um, <laughs> you know, but that's you have to, you have to especially in this market. Um, I can't say, in, you know, in Salisbury, I'd have those numbers because, again, you don't cover them on a daily basis. What about Ovi? I don't have Ovi, no. Oh, no, really? No, 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 <laughs> no Ovi in the phone. Trey uh, Turner, uh, even now he's gone. I know. But I No, no, I don't. I haven't. Um, so for, for, for athletes, you, I, I generally – don't have too too many okay. athletes in in my phone. I, I have a lot of coaches. Yeah. Um. You know the Tersians, the Riveras, the the Laviolettes. Sure. Um. But the Loxley. But but in yeah Loxley. But but in term of athletes, um. You got you got to be very careful. I, I, a lot of times I go through the agents. I have a lot of agent phone yeah. phone numbers. Yeah. Um. Because you don't want to like push be too pushy with the athletes. So um. I utilize you know direct messenger a lot on Instagram and Twitter because a lot of these athletes are actually more active on DM mm-hmm. than actually responding to text. So I actually correspond with a lot of athletes on direct message through Instagram and, and um, Twitter if I have a question or, or, or need something. Uh, so I correspond with that way. And, of course, there's the media relations aspect. You know, again, they're going to give you only so much. So, again, you have to go about those roundabout ways. So it's it's been an, it, that that this whole thing has been a big learning process because I never really experienced that in Delmarva and Salisbury. Of course, the high school level, you know, get your mm-hmm. coaches and, and whatnot. But it's not the it's not the same. Uh, Delmarva and, and here in D.C. in terms of, uh, you know, getting the contacts and learning to, to be a, uh, a breaking news expert or, or getting information or getting interviews. I, I, that's part of the craft that I've really groomed and, and kind of developed uh, over time here in D.C. We're talking with Scott Abraham. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, i got to ask you a couple of questions that Mike Bradley wants asked. That's coming up right here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Did you know that suicide is the second leading cause of death for individuals between 10 and 34 years old? Everyone can play a role in suicide prevention. For many, that means starting and continuing conversations with those we care about. There are three important steps. Ask, listen, share. Ask those in your circle, are you okay? Really? And stick around for the answer. Listen without judgment and let the person share their story. And finally, share mental health resources. You don't need to have all of the answers to start a conversation. For more suicide prevention resources, visit nomatterwhatyoumatter.org. And if you feel lost and in need of a hand, help is here for you. Call For All Seasons at 410-822-1018. This Mental Health Minute was brought to you by For All Seasons, the Midshore's Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center. All right, so Mike Bradley wants to know a couple of questions um, as we talk with Scott Abraham. Um, football in D.C. compared to football here on the Eastern Shore. 
while the game is the same, is it different? I feel like there's a more like, I don't know, business aspect. I, I, I don't know if business is the right word, but I feel like there's more of a, um, I don't, I don't know what the right word. There, there's, 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 it's, I feel like there's more, uh, it's more about wins and losses here in a sense, uh, in terms of, you know, getting these athletes to division one or getting these athletes to a private school when they're at a public school, um, you know, I think from a talent aspect, DMV is such a hotbed in, in, in football and basketball. There's so much talent. And with that comes the expectations and the prestige of, of trying to win. The X's and O's, the wins and losses. Over in Delmarva, um, yes, you wanted to win and, and, and go for state championships. But again, I think there was a more community element there was a more hominess and getting everything involved like a, a school the student section the band the cheerleaders uh for love of the game uh the passion in dc again i think there's a lot of stress and anxiety to to get results and win and, and get those and get those w's where in delmarva uh, I, I don't i don't think there's that um, stressfulness of, of having to win every game do you still follow bayside Oh yeah, sports? yeah. Oh yeah, of course. I, uh, Zach and Trayvon, I you know follow them both on Twitter, and uh, I always you know watch their highlights. And uh, I remember a couple weeks ago, I watched the highlights that was posted on the Y High Stephen Decatur shootout, oh, uh, which gosh. was always uh, fun to go back. And you know, I still have a lot of coaching friends, and, and Jake Coleman is one of them, a great guy. And uh, Riley at Parkside was a big fan of McCormick. Um, uh, and North Carolina, and I know uh, Ferragamo still Ken Island. Yeah, yeah. yeah so for Ken Island, I know they're off to a good start. So, yeah, I, I obviously keep tabs, and um, I, I'm always a big fan of the Bayside Conference and, and wanting those athletes and, and teams to do well and win state titles. And when it comes to playoff time, I always look to see what teams are in the semis or the state finals. And in basketball, I'm always hoping like a Y high or somebody makes it to College Park because generally I'm there covering the D.C. team so I get to see a lot of familiar faces. So uh, between the Henlopen Conference in Delaware and the Bayside Conference, it'll always be in my DNA and always be in my heart. So, uh, yeah, I always keep tabs. Now we've talked a lot about what you've done to create what you did it, it, with the Bayside, with, with Delmarva as a whole, uh, with uh, WBOC. Also, what you've done with WJLA, uh, what is it that you miss about the shore? Or is there something that you'd like to take from the shore that you wish you could put here? Uh, just people caring about local news and local sports to the level that Delmarva did. Um, again, I, I go back to the whole transplant uh, element. There's, uh, it's just, it's a totally different way of life and, and a way of consuming stuff over in D.C. I think this, in terms of this business, this TV business or newspaper or radio, you, it'll, they'll actually going to, as we progress and, and go down the road here as the years go by, I think the smaller markets are going to be better equipped to be successful because there's always going to have that hominess in the community element where they care about the local news and the local sports, and they're still going to consume it via the television or the radio or the newspaper. But over in the big markets, they just it's always go, go, go. There's so much going on, transplants, and they're just going to get everything on their phone or on their computer. So I think the bigger markets, that's where the challenge is to be successful in this business, to still get those viewers to tune in 
or go on the website where in the smaller markets like a Delmarva, I think it's always going to be there because again, I go back to the community, the hominess, and that's what I miss most um, of, you know, I think there's an appreciation level over at Delmarva that I don't necessarily have here in DC just because I know they're watching all the time in Delmarva. I knew they were always following on social media or uh, watching me on television and over in DC, you know, I'm not too sure of who's watching or who who's consuming your information. So I think I just miss the, the hominess of Delmarva and it's just good people, good, good salt of the earth people, hardworking people in Delmarva, um, that I just have a lot of respect for. Well, listen, we really appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, we know you have to go pick up Journey <laughs> and you know do the daddy duty. Uh, have you have you told Journey she's not allowed to go into uh, media or you know, <laughs> because I mean I know she appears from time to time on WBL yeah. and BAL with traffic and such. So it's actually funny. She's uh, actually getting into watching the radars, um, like oh. the weather radar to see the greens and the yellows and the reds. So my wife and I were talking. Wouldn't that be something if she turns into a meteorologist or yeah. something? Hook her up with Ava. Right, exactly. Yeah. See, and see, and that's, that's the thing. You know, TV is, like I said, I have a face for radio. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those good-looking guys. But these TV people, when they're looking and they're trying to play their cards right, so to speak, you want to have a good-looking male. You want to have, you know, mm-hmm. you want to have the, the, the good-looking females and, and the, you know, you want to have all the races represented. Oh, the, the diversity. Yeah, you got to have that diversity. Mm-hmm. But I got to give credit to the WBAL staff. I have no problem getting up early and watching the morning news with your wife and, yeah. and Ava, uh, you know, Mindy it just, and Jason. Yeah, it, it yeah. just, and it's just because that's what I get in my area. But it's so pleasurable to be able to sit there and watch, you know, them interact. Yeah. But and usually your wife and Ava are dressed in, you know, matching outfits, and they don't even realize it. It's like, you know, it's just it's got to be tricky as a TV producer and hiring the on-air talent to find the right ones. Yeah, it's it's almost like a recipe. You have you have the ingredients. You just got to make sure it all mixes together for a successful end dish and recipe. Yeah. Well, you're doing great, my friend, Thanks, and buddy. congratulations, and uh, keep it up. We'll be watching from afar, of course, and um, you know, we'd love to have you back on maybe uh, when we get into basketball yeah. season, what have you, and maybe we can talk a little high school basketball about what's going on across the state. Good old Butch Waller. He's my guy, still going strong. <laughs> yes, he is. And, and uh, you know, now we've got uh, uh, Marty Bailey Jr. who left Easton, and now he's at Cambridge. Okay. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, there's just there's a lot of shift going on. We're yeah, you know what? If you're free on a Friday night, come over. We'll put you to work on a high school yeah, maybe, football maybe, game. Oh, football, <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe basketball, <laughs> yeah. football, uh, football. I'm tied up till December, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I know. Ha- happy happy to help anytime. And uh, you're my guy. Appreciate it, Mark. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. We'll be back with more with Mike Bradley. He'll join us again right here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. This portion of Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is sponsored by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance. Located in Stevensville at 112 Log Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park, now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. Great conversation there with Scott Abraham. But now let's turn our attention towards a big topic that I had with Scott. Was uh, Let's talk to um, about the high school football games that that happened over this past weekend. And we got to start off with our 
Preston Ford Overtime Live Game of the Week presented by Absolutely. Best Western Plus Easton and for all seasons. It, it it was a shocker. It really was. For somebody that was there, the Ken Island dom- defense dominated, dominated with a capital D, the Y-high offense. And it didn't have anything to do with Foreman going down uh, because they were dominating them before that. They just never got an opportunity to make adjustments, did why high with Darius Foreman at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you'd still like to see through the course of four quarters, but does Ken Island deserve the benefit of the doubt based on what they've done this year, based on the first quarter of that game and what you saw, Mark? And obviously, I didn't see the game. I didn't even get a chance to hear the game because Maryland had an earlier start, so I was on the air at 630. So, yeah. Um, So, look, I mean, but but Ken Island. that was that was we knew coming in that Ken Island's defense was the best in the Bayside, and that was the toughest test that Wicomico was going to get uh, in the trenches there. And indeed, and you told me off air that they loaded the box, and Wicomico, I guess, tried to defy odds and not, still not throw the football. Well, and on top of that, I got to give a, a nod to the Y High Indians defense too, because yeah. Yeah. Ken Island couldn't run the ball either. The difference was. Ken Island decided, all right, we'll start throwing these passing routes. You know, we'll we'll start doing that, and and it worked. Mm-hmm. They were hitting slants to Ravensbush. They were hitting com- comebackers to Ravensbush, and, and then they went over the top uh, to Brockington and connected with him on a forty-five yarder. And Katie barred the door. They just started going to the air, and they got up with seventeen nothing halftime lead, and there were no adjustments. It was Ken Island doing what they wanted to do through the air in that one. Yeah, and you didn't necessarily see that. Uh, well, I can't say that. I guess, but knowing that both teams want to run the ball, so the tactic would be the other team wants to, you know, wants to stop their run. So I guess actually that's not as surprising. And look, with a four-year starter that you have a quarterback in Matt Burnside, you feel confident to do that. And again, I, I got a chance to see him, albeit in a scrimmage uh, in the summer, look really, really good, and certainly look like a four-year starter, a senior who had command, uh, good rapport with his receivers, has some mobility, can extend some plays throwing the run uh so he obviously was able to exercise that and um hey kudos to to the Buccaneers like I said Mark and it's funny at looking back they had two years one where they were five and five the other six and four and again some programs would love to have that record but it's almost as if because of North Carolina's dominance we forgot about Ken Island how good they've been and okay so they had two years where they weren't up to their standard, but still good for a lot of other programs. But last year, or in the spring, was COVID, so you really don't count that much. Here they are; they're back again. No, nothing, nothing's changed. Um, you know, we'll see what the future brings when they graduate at Burnside, and we'll see if the some other things play out the way we think they may. We'll just leave it at that, and uh, we'll see. But hey, don't forget, don't sleep on the Buccaneers. Yeah, no, no doubt. They have uh, Parkside this Saturday for homecoming. It'll be a one o'clock kickoff. Uh, Parkside uh, took it on the chin for Decatur. It was really close through the first half, and then uh, Decatur piled on. I bring up Decatur because Decatur is going to be this week's Preston Ford Game of the Week uh, for Overtime Live. They're going to be at North Carolina, who was very impressive. You know, coming in, I, I asked Griffith, which game do you want to go do? Do, do you want to do the... Uh, Decatur at North Carolina, or do you want to do the Queen Anne's at Easton? He says, I don't care. I said, well, then let's wait and see how tonight's game with Easton and North Carolina turns mm-hmm. out. If Easton goes in and, 
and is able to move the ball around and all that because it's going to be you know a similar offense, then we'll do the Queen Anne Easton game. If Easton struggles against North Carolina, then I think we do North Carolina. He says, sounds good to me. So North Carolina, that rushing offense of theirs was very impressive. They they held Easton rushing 17 carries, three yards. Yeah. And now, now, no Graham Hathaway for Easton in that game, but if you don't have anywhere to run, does it matter who's a running back at that point? Right. It, it, it does not. Uh, conversely, Pat McGlinchey, Easton head coach, said, we did not maintain the edge all night, and North Carolina did uh, a lot of sweeps and a lot of tosses, and most of their success in the outside, you had two backs over 100 yards. Owen Doyle had, I think, 123 yards and three rushing yep. touchdowns, yep. and then McFadden had uh, led all, all rushers with over 130, I believe. Yeah, he had 132, McFadden there did. You go. So uh, it, it was an impressive outing. Kevin O'Connor had uh, 220 yards passing. 168 of which went to Sharif Curry. Yeah, who had a couple of touchdown receptions. Yeah. But but you notice that, uh, at least I didn't see statistically, where O'Connor didn't run the ball anywhere near what he did against right. Parkside, that Caroline did a good job of pressuring him and keeping him within the tackles. Well, Colin Joseph says that's the key to his defense. If you're going to go against a spread team, you want to make the quarterback uncomfortable. And they obviously did that. And uh, they're going to have a similar team coming in this week. Yeah, Decatur is going to be able to score, but I think you know. And, and hearing from some folks that Decatur's a little concerned about the run. Well, they should be because they haven't stopped the run this year for the most part. And, and look, I know they had a good win against Parkside on Saturday uh, against a team that does like to run the football, and that was that was a better game for them defensively. So I want to give them credit there, or credits too. The game was 14, uh, 14 all at the half, though. Mm-hmm. So they did give a couple of touchdowns on the ground there, uh, but they did a good job in the second half. The offense uh, you know, put it on uh, in the second half, outscoring them 28 nothing. But yeah, I mean, that, that is is going to be a test because against Kent Island and Wicomico, Decatur did not stop the run, so that will be a challenge for them, no doubt. Um, the thing is, they know it's coming, but they knew it was coming with Kent Island and Wicomico. So, yeah. by the way, and we, we we mentioned this on Facebook, and and this is maybe some breaking news as well. But so Jay Coleman with the win Saturday, his one hundredth mm-hmm. before the age of forty. Now ninety four of those wins, I believe, Our were. Cambridge. I'm sorry, ninety two was with Cambridge. Eight with Stephen Decatur. Mm-hmm. So 100 career wins before the age of 40, as we know at the time when he took the Cambridge job, one of the youngest coaches in, right. in the state, if not the youngest. So we're, we're texting some of the coaches here before this podcast to find out win-loss records. So I texted Damian Ferragamo because we figured, well, he's got to be up there. Mm-hmm. If not at 100, maybe he's already exceeded that. We don't know. Or maybe mm-hmm. he's darn near close. Uh, we texted Brendan Riley because he's – Actually, behind James McCormick, the second longest head coach uh, in the league consecutively. Right here in the base side. Uh, in, yeah. in the base side. Coach McCormick has uh, roughly 120 some wins. We know that. So, Coach Ferragamo said as of Friday night, the win over Wycombe going the game of the week, game of the year, it was his 100th win. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. So, uh, we had no idea. Yeah. 
So here I feel bad because we didn't post on you know, Overtime Live, but we didn't know either. So, well, now that precipitated us to reach out. So we will also give a, yeah. uh, a heads up to Coach Ferragamo. And by the way, I wanted to reach out to, I think last week of the podcast, um, you know, we talked about all the records and such that, you know, East, Easton with O'Connor and with uh, Parkside, but with Decatur and Wicomico. Ken Island put up some big numbers in their win last week as well. Matt Burnside had himself a huge game on the ground and in the air as well. Two weeks ago, Mark, I'm not sure we'll necessarily ever see a night statistically like that again. You had state records, Bayside Conference records, school records that were all likely broken. We need to delve into the play yearbooks, but good golly. I mean, do we realize... Where's David Inslee when you need him? Uh, you really do. I mean, Decatur had three receivers that had over 100 yards in receptions against Wicomico. I don't think that's ever been done at the Bayside. It's probably never been done at Decatur. Snellsire probably broke Decatur's record book, no doubt. O'Connor probably had to break Easton's record book combined with the rushing and the passing and mm-hmm. all the touchdowns scored. We need to delve in. I mean, that would take, you know, it takes a lot of staff to do that. But, Mark, we had an historic night two Fridays ago. We, we really did. And uh, before we take a break, why don't we work in one more? Our Lady of Mount Carroll. I don't know if they brought candies over or not, but they beat Washington 56 at nothing uh, in that game on Friday night. And out of conference game, but you kind of feel for Washington with yeah. what they're going. I mean, they're. Well, and how about Bennett, too? Yeah, against Queen yeah, Anne's. That was a yeah, tough... Yeah, that one was uh, yeah. 53 to nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know? And again, so. that's 13 seniors on the Bennett team. You know, Kent County, you understand. They're a very, very young team. A lot of freshmen and sophomores. I think they have one senior on the team. So you get that. That's a different story. But Washington, Bennett, tough, tough row. But Washington has a lot of young players, too, though, to be fair. Sophomores. So hopefully... This season, they kind of get out of their system, if you will, and then uh, next two years will be better. Snow Hill picked up a win, 48-7 over Nandua. I think you just mentioned Cambridge. Uh, they put I a, didn't. No, uh, Cambridge put a 50 against oh, uh, Kent, Kent, Kent County, County in a shutout. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's all your They're three and two. all your games for the weekend. Uh, it, it just it's crazy. Oh, and Colonel. Colonel got their win. Yeah, I, oh, I'm sorry. I, did, I left that, Colonel, because I was going to talk about them when we came back. Okay. But, okay. but we carried on in two. So, yeah, congratulations, Colonel Richardson. Uh, above 500 now. Um, and, you know, now they're playing teams their size. 1As yeah. or equivalent 1As, right. And, uh, right. Beating Arcadia 48-6. And uh, I still haven't seen the state uh, shake out their uh, point standings. Yeah, they said they were going to come out with them after week four. After week four, and so now would be the time. Yeah, and or even last week, even before the week five games, and mm-hmm. we have not right, we have not seen them. Yeah, I know you're bringing that up right now, yeah, and that's something I know out. we all look at uh, because seeding will still matter for the playoffs, sure even though everybody, will. even though everybody's in. Yeah. So, but uh, we'll see how that continues to shake out. Hopefully, they'll have that for us. Uh, coming up in just a little while. You know, Coach Ferragamo said, I try to keep a low profile about stuff like that, the 100th win, that is, that we just talked about, that he got in the win against Wicomico. Players win games up just along for the ride. Well, Coach, we appreciate your humble take, and we know he listens to every podcast. Coach, we appreciate that humble take, but coaches do make a difference. We know that for a fact. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> so, uh, Coach, I appreciate that, but you do deserve the recognition for that. And he, you know, he had big shoes to fill, taking over for Coach Brian Sofidowski, and the program and, and coach sofa's you know back with him and i think a second stint now but as a running backs coach at secondary but 
it's as if the program had skipped a beat. Yeah. You know, no, like I, I said, don't sleep on Cat Island. I don't, if anybody was, mistake on their behalf. Keep in mind, Farragamo is a state champion over at Old Mill. Yeah. So he knows how to get it done. Oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. You know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there were a couple other state championship teams that possibly could have won. They had the one that they lost on the road that we you know, broadcast. The, 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 the Hartford the, Tech yeah. game. That was, that, was a tough, that was a tough loss. And that's after they beat a North Carolina team who they had lost to. Was that the last game of the year? The second to last game mm-hmm. of the year it was, right, before the War on the Shore uh, and before North Carolina Colonel in the Superintendent's Cup. And Caroline beat them. But then in the playoffs, Ken Island won at North Carolina and advanced. But you're right. They get by Hartford Tech and – you know who knows at that point they had a good team. That's a quarterback that they had transfer in from Riverdale Baptist. Uh, was a Jackson that was a really good thrower, and it was a tough loss on the road to a, a good Hartford Tech program there. Um, but yeah, and, and that's a boy. You look at North Carolina. That's one of those playoff losses where, the, unfortunately, that's going to stick in their crawl. They'll remember that for uh, forever. No doubt about that. We'll be back with more Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. If someone you know is exhibiting signs of depression or withdrawal, take time to connect. Ask, are you okay? Listen closely and without judgment. Share mental health resources. For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center is here for anyone struggling with a mental health challenge. Visit forallseasonsinc.org. That's forallseasonsinc.org. It's okay to ask for help. For All Seasons is here for you. This portion of the podcast is sponsored by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities, regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at forallseasonsinc.org. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, alongside, talking high school football. So one of the things that was brought up uh, to us, so we, we asked folks to reach out to us and send us emails at Mark or Mike at shoresportsmd.com, uh, was the fact that the state poll that you always post on our Overtime Live Facebook page is never representing the shore. We never have schools listed. It's very rarely has it happened. Well, yeah, let, let, let's take a, let's take a time out on that. There have been teams, Ken Island of North Carolina and, and Queen Anne's, although going back a few more years, they have been in votes received, and I think that a couple of those teams have broken into the top 25. But to your point, though, right, it's, it's not – you don't see as numerous – uh, an Eastern Shore team, uh, or the amount of Eastern Shore teams as you see Western Shore teams. And, and we understand that because, I mean, football's a little different over there. It is a Maryland State poll. It, it includes some private schools and, and things well, like that. Well, it definitely that. includes private schools, so, yeah. So we get that. And, and But you want that, though, in the sense that, okay, but you want to see where does everybody, everybody sure. stand. Now, should there be a, a strictly a public school poll? Mark, I'd have no problem with that. You'd still see the same situation, though. Well, but you sit and you wonder, you know, you've got teams that have that are like one and three that are in the top 15. And I'm just throwing that number out. Right. And, that, and that's right. an ex- right. And that yeah. was brought up. That was McDonough that the gentleman that contacted us on Facebook or commented on mm-hmm. Facebook about. But that's because they play one of the toughest schedules in the state. Right. Now, 
maybe they shouldn't have been ranked as high as they were with a one and three record. I mean, yes, toughness of schedule gets you a certain degree now, but ultimately you do need to win games too. So I understand that they probably should have been ranked that high, but should they have been ranked? Yes. Um, because of toughness of schedule. Sure. And it's a numbers thing, too, that they have more numbers. They have more talent to draw from, so the competition generally is better. Now, look, I understand the Eastern Shore does get excluded and overlooked way too much, and we talk about that, so I'm not trying to play a Western Shore homer by any stretch of the imagination. But I wouldn't say that the poll's completely bogus just because you don't see an Eastern Shore team. That's not true. They've got media people from all over the state. It's public and it's private school. And they have been missing an Eastern Shore voter because you've had turnovers at the Daily Times, at the Star Democrat, etc. They haven't had a voter in the last couple of years. That However, has changed. It, it has changed thanks to your prowess and, <laughs> and, you know, and, and being vocal about it. Um, we do finally have a, a voice for the shore. But, I mean, for instance, I haven't seen the poll for this week, but for instance. Yeah, it, it will it'll come out later on Tuesday. Ken later Island today. deserves to be a top 25 team. They haven't gotten a sniff this year. And and they will. I, I'm almost positive that they will. I mean, I certainly voted Ken Island as a team that should at least be getting votes. Um, so th- they will. I'm talking with Sheldon Sheeler and and that matchup between Wyhigh and Ken Island, whoever was the winner, mm-hmm. uh, he felt like yeah was at least going to receive votes. And yes, and 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 they will. And you know, part of the issue too, though, is that with with scheduling, you know, the nine, now you're down to nine games, but getting nine conference games in there. It, it's tougher because this is an entirely for the Bayside schedule, almost entirely a Bayside schedule. And so your chance to play teams on the Western Shore, you don't have as much of an opportunity because of the um, how big the Bayside conference is, that is. Talking with Mike Bradley here on Time Out with Shore Sports and uh, Mark Potter. And uh, we are just reaching the end. It's been, I'm exhausted today. You are. Yeah, you, you don't have the music going. This yeah. you, you do seem a little bit worn out. Just, it's all the, it's all that traveling you've been doing to all the colleges no, up and down the East Coast. Just, you know, it's just <laughs> it was such a good interview with with Scott Abraham. I'm just I'm exhausted and drop the mic. Yeah, I guess you didn't need me. Yeah, no, <laughs> you didn't need me this afternoon. Just, no, it would have been nice if you could have carried uh, the load a little bit. I, I wouldn't have been as exhausted, yeah. but. Uh, why don't when we come back, um, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, this coming football, this coming weekend's football games. Mm-hmm. We got two on Saturday. So, uh, yes, we in, do. In this coming weekend. So why don't we, uh, when we come back, we'll talk high school football upcoming games. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF Certified and Shingle Master Roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at MidshoreExteriors.com. So we already touched briefly on what is going to be our Preston Ford Game of the Week, presented by Best Western Plus East and then for all seasons. Uh, It's going to be Decatur and North Carolina. Now, it's North Carolina's homecoming. Mm-hmm. So we'll be on the air about 6.40 or so with the U.S. Heating and Air pregame show. And it's a game that I think is a must-win for North Carolina. Not not that it has anything to do with their standings and where they fall out. But if you think about it, you want a home game. 
And these teams are all in the 2A together. Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel like North Carolina would rather play Decatur at North Carolina than going on the road down to Berlin. To Berlin. Sure. No, I agree. It's a big game for both teams because for North Carolina, and again, that's a program that lost a couple of games in the spring. Now, if you want to discount the spring because of COVID, even though all programs had to deal with it, okay. You know, they had a heck of a run, and then they lost a couple games in the spring. They lose to Wicomico, one of the top teams, and all of a sudden they're not the top at the top of the mountain anymore. You know, even though they had a nice you know, first week win against Queen Anne's, but that's a younger Lions team right now. So I think for North Carolina, the win against Easton, I think that was a big win for them against a team that we know can put up points and stylistically is much different. But if they're able to do it again against a Decatur team that with a four-year starting quarterback uh, with some uh, really good players that, that Decatur has, I think that they're going to say, hey, look, you know, we're, <laughs> we haven't gone anywhere. We haven't gone, okay, yeah, we lost to Wicomico. That's a darn good team, but we're still here. So I think for them, it's it's as much a respect thing and just building that resume. And I think for Decatur, it's the same thing, Mark, because they lose big at Kent Island. Now they bounce back, played a heck of a game against Wicomico at home, but they lost that game. Yeah, they beat a Parkside team on Saturday. That's a good Parkside team, but they're, they're talent. They're better than Parkside, and they and they show that they have more explosiveness. And, and so they won that second half. Uh, they really pulled away, although credit the Rams with a solid first half. Um, but this will be a game where they're going to be tested again against another really good defense. And you know, can they get it done against a good team on the road like North Carolina? So I think for them, that's a big resume game for them as well. Absolutely. Looking at North Carolina's schedule for the rest of the year, we'll look at Decatur's in a second, but they play Decatur at home, then they go on the road next week to Kent Island. That's going to be a huge game, too. The following week, they go to Parkside, and then they finish up the year at Colonel Richardson. Yeah, so they've got some they've got some tough games over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. It really, really is. They go you know, against a, a Decatur team that could do a, a little bit of everything to a Kent Island team also that's very well balanced, and then a Parkside team that's a, a physical heavy run team as well. Uh, so they've got a they've got a gauntlet here that they're going to be running through, uh, and, and that really started last week against Easton. For Decatur, of course, they're at North Carolina. Then they are home uh, on Thursday night with Queen Anne's yeah. coming in. Queen Anne's has been scoring points. Uh, then they have Easton coming to town. And that's another that's another big game. Uh, very, we already know that's going to be a uh, yeah. Preston Ford game of the week. Yeah, very <laughs> obviously very similar stylistically, and that's going to be an exciting game where you would expect points will be put up uh, as they were last year in the game, but now a different scenario. Now you've got a younger quarterback, Stone O'Connor, and you've got a year more established and older and experienced Ashton Snellsire. So excited about uh, excited about that game for sure. Uh, absolutely. So uh, they, Decatur's got those two losses, losses to uh, Ken Island and Y High. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out over the next couple of weeks. So your games for this coming weekend, uh, we just told you about the uh, North Carolina Decatur game. Uh, you are going to have on Friday night, you've got Queen Anne's at Easton. All right. And that's I'm going to be really interested to see, A, how Easton bounces back. And for Queen Anne's, okay, look, you, you've You've won extremely handily, three straight shutouts by, and I'd have to look at my notes, but something like 216 to nothing over the last three games. But now you're going to play teams that are on the level, if not better than you are. 
okay, where do you stand? So playing an Easton, playing a Decatur, we're going to really find out where this Lions program is. Yeah, they they beat North Carolina or lost to North Carolina 34-14 in week one mm-hmm. and then 69 nothing against Washington. Um, Parkside game was canceled due to COVID. And, and that's unfortunate because that, that was a, a first litmus test game for them that didn't end up happening. 82 nothing over Kent County, which I still am astounded by how you score 82 points yeah. with a running Well, clock. I'm going to talk, and, and we talked last week about it. I'm going to talk about uh, with Brian Aiken about that uh, th- this Friday night and get his take on that. I haven't had a chance to catch up with him yet. And then J.M. Bennett this past weekend, 53 nothing. So mm-hmm. Queen Anne's. They have a tough one down the stretch. Yeah, they do. We're going to find out. We're going to find well, out about Queen Anne. You go at Easton, yep. at Decatur, then home with Y High, and mm. and then home with Ken Island. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, yeah, that's that's a gauntlet. They're they're going to grow up. I mean, they're going to grow up quite a bit. These young lions are going to grow up after playing that that stretch of schedule. It's going to be interesting to see. By the way, we, we didn't touch upon this with the game of the week, but with Y High with Foreman, we we as of this recording, we don't know his status. But Mark, you seem to indicate that it it may not be good. He may be done for the year. We'll we'll find out officially. Right. But if he is. I mean that that greatly affects that Y High program. I, I don't. I mean they may say otherwise, but I don't see how you how you can minimize that. Well, not that they are, but they do have a backup quarterback that's pretty good. He's not Darius Foreman good, no, but he's pretty good. Okay, uh, looking at their program the, for Y High the rest of the year, mm-hmm. um, they host Cambridge for their homecoming this coming Friday night. Okay, then they play Parkside. Okay, then they go to Queen Anne's, and then they host Bennett. And outside of there, you know, if if they can get more work for the quarterback, you know, it's possible that they could end up with just one loss, two max on their record. Yeah, well, possibly. Now, I, I think though, you take Foreman out of the mix. I think for Parkside, that they've got a better shot at winning that game at that point now with, with Foreman gone. And then Queen Anne's, we'll find out where Queen Anne's is. If this is a Queen Anne's team that grows up in a hurry, that's a game. If they're struggling for whatever reason, you know that's going to be, um, you know, it, it may be a little easier test for uh, Wicomico. Although I don't think it will be. I, I think Queen Anne's will play them tough. Washington and Snow Hill tangle on Friday night. Kent County is at Colonel Richardson, mm-hmm. and I just told you that uh, Cambridge is at Y High. Now Saturday, Colonel Cambridge, by the way, late October. That's going to be the matchup that, to look out yeah, for. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'll be a good one. Um, and on Saturday, you've got Southern Anne Arundel at J.M. Bennett. Mm-hmm. So a winnable game for Bennett. They, yeah. they could, a team they that could. Parkside defeated. Yeah, so it's possible. And then uh, at 1 o'clock, you have Parkside at Kent Island. So mm-hmm. uh, for Kent Island's homecoming. And, yeah, I, I just I don't like these Saturday afternoon games if you can play them on Friday night. But Yeah, I, and, I hear And the you. coach feels that way, too, I'm sure. They, they'd rather play Friday night. It but. is an extra day of preparation, though. And, and it depends, too, if you're banged up. If you're banged up, it gives you if some you extra rest. Your, if you got your homecoming dance on Friday night, what kind of productivity are you going to get out of your football players? Right. So, so those aren't on Saturday. It's no, on Friday? Yeah, the dance is on Friday night this week uh, for Ken Island. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I don't you know why know, they do that. And then they have the parade and the game on Saturday. So you really screw up two days. Why wouldn't you have the dance on Saturday night, Mark? Uh-huh, because they're playing the game on Saturday afternoon, I guess. And well, but better that way than I, the other way. And you're preaching to the choir. I mean, sir, I mean uh, seriously, that's I'm not the, yeah. I'm not the uh, the yeah. superintendent. You know what? I, 
The superintendent of Queen Anne's County Public Schools just did friend me on Snapchat. I'll have to ask her. Okay. I, yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. there's a legit. I mean, maybe there's a legitimate reason. I just from a strictly from a football standpoint, right. mind you, and that's what we're coming from here with the podcast. Is <laughs> a sports standpoint that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Now they may say, well, Mike, football is not the only consideration here, right. but uh, you know, to me. Hey, if you got to miss the dance, whatever you know, you can go to a date, you can go to a dance, uh, forever. High school football, you got limited time with that. So to me, forget the dance. So now we got to decide. So we know what game we're doing this week. It's what game are we doing the following week? Are we going to do a Thursday night game or a Friday night game? Well, I think we talked about doing a Thursday night game because I actually got and I did get this approved from my gig my full time gig is to broadcast from home Friday so that I could do the Thursday game. Okay. Well, well, I mean that I mean obviously I could say so no would, to that if I wanted. So but. it would be Queen Anne at Decatur. Yeah. Or Friday night would be North Carolina at Kent Island. So <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So we'll have to well, see. Why did, yeah, we'll, that's... we'll base it off of okay. the results from this week. Yeah, I think that's so, fair. So if, fair if North Carolina beats Decatur, we're going to do the parks of the, uh, the uh, North Carolina-Kent Island game on Friday night. Yeah, I, I think when we were making the decisions, we didn't know, quite honestly, where North Carolina would be. Right. You know, we, we weren't sure. Based on the spring, based on the fact they don't have any D1 guys that right. they had, okay, is this going to be a down year for Caroline? How are they going to be? So I think now that I'm going back in my sure. mind for our conversations, now that we've seen Caroline beat Easton, we'll see how they do against Decatur. Yeah, then, then that could be a different story. And talk about two teams that are as tough-nosed and defensive, you know, certainly defensive tough and, and um, uh, productive, outstanding, all the adjectives you throw in. It's, it's North Carolina and Kent Island. Yeah, so if North Carolina wins, we'll do the game on Friday at, at Kent Island. Okay. If Decatur wins, well, then we'll go reward them with our appearance at, uh, in Berlin mm-hmm. with Queen Anne's on Thursday night. Because yeah. the following week, we're going back down to Decatur anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so Griff- we probably, yeah. Griffith is going to get his Hooters wings one way or the other. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I hear it. By the, by the way, so let's see. So Friday night, 640. Is the pregame show. Yes. So I guarantee you, with all the hubbub going on, homecoming. So what time's Overtime Live going to start? How late's that going to get? Probably I've somewhere got, um, a lot later than it did I, for John Harris this week, I'll tell you that. I've got a <laughs> noon kickoff, Maryland, Ohio State, Saturday, which means I'm on the air in Baltimore 1030, which means i got to wake up early on Saturday to finish up prep and get ready. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is going to be one of those nights where it's going to go late for me, and I'll, I'll have a quick turnaround. But it, it's that time of year. So It, it, it sucks to be in demand, doesn't it? it yeah, so. it kind of does sometimes. But no, they, this, is, this is great. And uh, looking forward to that game. Going to be a really good one. This portion of the podcast is sponsored by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online and schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. I can't let you go without talking about the NFL. Yeah, please. So, I mean, my beloved Redskins pissed me off the whole game until the end when, you know, first of all, I haven't read to see if they cut Dustin Hopkins 
Uh, this I uh, hadn't seen anything. Prior I would have had to no problem with them leaving his ass in Atlanta <laughs> and making him walk back and have his stuff out by the security gate when he got back to Ashburn. Wow. Um, he just you can't miss extra points. You can't. He missed two of them. Why yeah. right? You he's, and that's he, in a dome. Too. He's been yeah. way too inconsistent. Yeah, yeah you can't uh, miss it. You're right. The, the roof was open yesterday, but still. Okay. It's still, it's you can't miss extra points. It's time to bring in another kicker, and you know, I mean, it's just it, that didn't, it was horrible. Thankfully, it didn't end up hurting you. Well, that's because Rivera didn't want to go for a field goal to win the game. He right. went ahead and right. you know they they drew up some sandlot well, play. T- you know, well, I, I don't even I don't think that left. was I don't think that was drawn up. That was just uh, cut, you know making do with what you had once Finds the play broke his down. Check down yeah. 25, 30 yards across the field mm-hmm. and throws it to him, and Kissick does the rest and dives for the pylon and and win the game. But you just had a sense that. Matty Ice was going to drive him back down the field with those 46 seconds left. Yeah, you guys made Cordell Patterson, by the way, look like Jerry oh, Rice he, out there. He's a Hall of Famer. He, he's a Hall of Famer. Well, he's against your and, defense. And that's, <laughs> and that's what worries me about Jameis Winston next week. because. But that Saints offense, outside of week one, they have not performed right. very well. well and that, that Saints they play have a re- Washington this week. Well, the Saints have a really good defense, but their defense, it kind of caught up with them yesterday against the Giants, of, or I should say Sunday, uh, against the Giants of all teams uh, who were able to put up more than, than they have so far this year yeah. in an overtime. Both New York teams got wins in overtime. Uh, the Jets against Tennessee, although Tennessee without A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, um, but yet the Titans were there fighting at the, at the very end, but Zach Wilson made some incredible throws in that game for the Jets. Yeah, good to see that little rookie. And then, of course, yeah. Sunday night, uh, you know, old Mac, you know, going against uh, uh, his old, old Mac? Yeah. Tom Br- Brady? No, Mac Jones. Oh, Mac Jones. Okay. Yeah, the quarterback for. Well, no one's no one's thinking Tampa Bay, New England, and starting off with Mac Jones or start off with Tom Brady. He was nineteen seventeen. It was Jones. Yeah, had, no pouring down rain. Jones yeah. had his best game of the year. He did. He you did. Know, he did so, play very well. Yeah. So yeah, I, I gotta I gotta give the Bama quarterback, former Bama quarterback, oh, okay. some love there. All right. I'm just, uh, that's okay. I should have known that that was the perspective you were coming from. But yeah, I mean, Tom Brady gets it done. New England misses what a 56 yarder with a minute left or within a minute left that would have given them a one point lead. But but that would have been interesting. Tom yeah. Brady with less than a minute to go, down a couple of points. Can you can you get the win? And how about get the, the field goal love territory? he received from the. Uh, uh, fans in New England. I do, well, you expected that. How, how could Did how could you, you not? Did you? He before, left him. Before, no, he didn't leave him. He got him. cut. He, say, he could have stayed. Mark, he didn't want to. I, uh, he could have stayed. Uh, look, I think it was probably the right time for both of them. Well, they if they really wanted a mark, they could have kept him. You can make that argument, sure, too. Sure, yeah, but look, true. it come to a time with salary cap, with age. At some point, you've got to plan for the future. And look, at, at some point, Father Time will catch up to Tom Brady. And when it happens, it doesn't happen gradually. It happens like that. We saw that with Peyton Manning. All of a sudden, his last year, he was nowhere near the guy that he had, he had been. Brady says he can play till he's 50. Well, if there's a guy that could do it, he can. But eventually, it'll 
catch up with him eventually. And his wife must be really keeping him young. That's all I, I get. Well, say. I mean, but with that diet, but see, he, t- he look, he's taking care of himself like no other player is taking care of themselves before. So that's why you know that's why he's able to do it. And nutrition and and working out. I mean, the the technology and the knowledge that we have now is so much greater than it was. Heck, even you know, fifteen, twenty, twenty five years ago. And, and we found out who the real Broncos were yesterday. Yeah, uh, to, to be fair to them, you know, Teddy Bridgewater gets knocked out, but that's part of the game. They were missing two offensive guards on the line. But as a Ravens fan, I, I can't sympathize with them because of all the players we have on IR right. and our left tackle, who probably is going for the year, Ronnie Stanley, replaced by Villanueva, who moved back over to the left from the right side. He left the game with sore knees. So we put in Andre Brown, who has no business. I mean, his face mask penalty cost us a touchdown in the game. But yeah, the, the Ravens uh, played a good game. And boy, that pass from Jackson to Brown was uh, one of beauty. Uh, yeah, in one that game. he caught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, he's he's been inconsistent, but he, you know, he he's had halves of years where he's been really good, and he's actually shown up, Mark, in the playoffs. He's played some of his best ball in the playoffs, which you like. But you're right; um, it's a consistency factor with him. Sammy Watkins had another good game, and um, I, I will say that. And now I've had time to think about it. Uh, yeah, them them running the ball at the end to to keep the record going, or they're to tie the Steelers for consecutive games with a uh, hundred yards or more at forty three, which the Steelers did between seventy four and seventy seven. Yeah, you know if Jackson gets hurt on that play, um, it, it's it's I can understand why Vic Fangio was pretty upset. Oh, it's not yeah. Pop Warner. It, you run the ball, stop him. If you don't want him to get the record, stop him. And that, to but what me, was that's the, crap. But what was the point of? But but isn't is okay? But aren't they're not going to put an asterisk in the record book? But the no no no. But the five or seven yards that they gained at the end to get the record is it? But those were meaningless yards. So what? But they needed well it. because all the other they're, yards it, are meaningful. It did have meaning. No, it didn't. Yeah, it it did. It had meaning because it put them over a hundred. That well, was the only meaning they but, needed. But, the, but they could have down. But but the point is, they could have kneeled and ended the game. Those yards were not meaningful to the outcome of the game. Is my point? No, but they were meaningful to the record book. And if somebody obviously Harbaugh knew about that, but I think the but the point is though that I think all the other yards that the Ravens ran on the ground were attempts to be meaningful or meaningful in trying to win the game. At that point. Those yards meant nothing to the outcome of the game, though. Yeah, but as a coach, the opponent, Fangio, why are you crying about that? Why don't you fix your defense and you wouldn't have to worry about those five yards? They still got 97 yards on you before they made that run. Well, but, well yeah, so, but compared to what the Ravens usually do to teams, that was an impressive outing okay, that they that well, they did. Suck it up, Although Buttercup. The Ravens are, well, from the, from the perspective of Denver being upset, I, I hear you because I'm with you. I'm, I'm hey, you know, you, you, it's not my job to stop you or, or stop me. It's your job to stop me. So I'm with you from the Denver perspective perspective of being upset fine that's kind of ridiculous i'm just talking from the Ravens' standpoint i could see where some fans are i would say eh, that, that kind of looked bush league and you bring up you know what you know what what if he got hurt well yeah you know what yeah i see your point in a meaningless how, in a completely how, meaningless however situ- you know situation how many times have we seen coaches high school college nfl you're up by three four touchdowns with mm-hmm. three minutes to go and the starters are still in it, well, mean, I don't agree with that, though. Well, but but it's because like you could get backups valuable it's experience every single week. It's like that. So it, it's you know, 
They could get hurt. They could get hurt walking. They could get hurt walking to the locker room. Well, and I generally agree with that, but I'm just saying at that point it was not necessary to run him and take that risk there because so, it, if he gets hurt, it, it means nothing. If it's in the course of a game, Mark, well, that's a different story. If it's in practice, that's a different story because they're building towards something. At that point, that would, they didn't need the record. Well, it doesn't win them the game at that point. They, they tied the Steelers, right? Yeah. As a Ravens fan. Yeah, I mean don't, it's don't it's you want don't you well, yeah, want the, yeah, the, but I the record to, from a Steelers yes, fan? Yes, I do, it, but it I want it to be meaningful. In a game. Yeah. It was meaningful. It all happened <laughs> okay. in a game. I got you, you were meaning to get the record and that's what they're going after yeah. and they'll have their chance this week. And so, they did. Yeah. So against Indy. Yeah. Maybe Monday maybe Fangio needs to reach out to you know Harbaugh. Fr- hey, he coached Frank. on Harbaugh staff at one yeah, point. He needs to reach out to Frank, you know, and and say, Hey Frank, Frank who? The head coach of Indy. Oh, oh, Frank Reich. Okay. Yeah. And reach out and say, hey, this is how you stop him. Don't let him get 100 yards. Oh, okay, yeah. So. Yeah, I got yeah. you. And by the way, we'll loan you a few players, too. So. <laughs> yeah. But, no. all right. Well, the Ravens are home for a while, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, well, let's wrap this thing up. This is, um, it's been a good show. I mean, yeah, thank God you were there to carry us through the part to, at the end of the day. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, listen, we want to thank uh scott abraham for joining us and yeah check joining you <laughs> joining me yeah so uh yeah check him out on uh all the social media he's uh, instagram and twitter and all that uh and uh, good stuff over there um and i'm looking forward to you hearing that interview because yeah it's it's good stuff it really is yeah. and but uh, well, first off uh, happy as heck for him and what he's doing and I, i'll be the first one to, i'm happy as heck I'm, I'm a little envious of him yeah that's it's uh that's a really neat gig that he's got and he's had some really awesome experiences and met some unbelievable sports stars and um hey but good for him he, you know he's already he does a great job and he's uh he's humble he's down to earth and um he deserves it the one thing that he said out of that that really blew me away was if he could make more money here on the shore, not as much as he's making in D.C., if they would just up the pay mm-hmm. a little bit, he'd come back to the shore. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's a nice teaser. Yeah. That's yeah. a nice teaser. So, but uh, For yeah, those that good. jumped in on the on the back end of yeah, this. Yeah, so good stuff. Wow. So for Mike Bradley, Scott Abraham, and uh, Mark Potter, thanks for tuning in. Episode number 14 in the books. Don't forget, share with your friends, your neighbors. Tell everybody about it. Check out ShoresportsMD.com. Uh, good stuff there, and we're continuing to to grow that as well. Check it out. Don't be afraid to share stuff of ours if you see it on social media. We just want people to know about it. We're here for you. This is This is all about our kids. We're doing this because we want to give our kids the exposure they deserve here uh, on the shore and and that's we're doing it with shoresportsmd.com we're doing it with this podcast and of course with overtime live yeah and and the kids themselves as well the student athletes uh, you know please pass the word as well hopefully your coaches are letting you know about this and you're finding it your parents are finding it hey spread the word among the student body administration etc uh the more the better absolutely you have questions comments or uh, input Mark at ShoresportsMD.com or Mike at ShoresportsMD.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next week, have a great week, everybody. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.